Welcome to the Life Success and Legacy Podcast. We're glad you're here, and we hope you enjoy the episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the next episode of the Life Success Legacy Podcast. I am Chris Bay, joined by two of our mics uh, today. We've got Mike Crawford joining in and Mike Everett. Hey, guys. How are you? Morning, morning. Doing well. <laughs> Good. <clears throat> we should do some outtakes sometimes. No, we shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> the conversations that happen when we're not recording, right? Yeah. Uh, oh, people are always like, why do they come on so happy and chuckly? Oh, check for live mics. That's all I got to say. That's right. <laughs> testing, 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 <laughs> testing. So, um, Mike Crawford, thanks for pulling a, a couple of questions from our last boot camp. Um, yeah. One of the ones that we thought would be um, worth discussing is we talk a lot of times about um, our clients or even ourselves being out of free of our outside debt we say you're debt free in you know three to five eight years on average what that is um and typically and we do try to scrub our language when we're really on point what we're saying is you are free of outside debt yeah and people look at us kind of cross-eyed they're like free of outside debt well if if that's outside debt then what's inside debt right (laughs) so we wanted to today kind of unpack that how it works, tie it back to Nelson's teaching in Becoming Your Own Banker and the phrase or the language of turning the wind current. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to lean on on Mike Everett um, here. Mike, can you take us back to Nelson's teachings and and why we focused on debt and what Nelson's thinking and what his language was about turning the wind current? Well, if you if you think about it, we've got to get back to, you know, some of the principles, obviously, think long term, capitalize generously, don't steal from yourself. And we'll just touch on those three for right now. Um, Part of uh, the thought process and the wind current is if you think about it, if and Nelson was a pilot, so he he uses this example in the in the book. So. If our plane is going this way, but we're going into a headwind, and I don't care how how heavy the headwind is, is that Mm -hmm. slowing the plane down Mm -hmm. tremendously? So let's correlate it right back over to IBC. When when he's talking about the headwind, he's talking about the, the debt and the interest that we are paying everybody else Mm -hmm. but yet our brains are so situated we've learned how to do this almost to perfection because that's what our parents did that's what our grandparents did that's what all of our friends do yeah so getting somebody to think differently about this whole concept of headwind and slash tailwind sometime can be it can be like pulling teeth Nelson uses an example in in Becoming Your Own Banker. He talks about the average American family. And he says the average American family is losing after taxes. Yeah. 34 and a half percent to the interest on their debt. Mm -hmm. Crawford. Okay. So my, even a credit card is like, Mm -hmm. you know, 20, 21, somewhere in that range. How in the world do we, do we get to 34 and a half percent going to interest? 
Yeah, um, you actually explain this really well in the boot camp usually, but I'll give it my effort. Um, the uh, the whole idea behind that number is because uh, many of the loans that we have are amortized loans, meaning that um, the mm -hmm. beginning of the term, so I don't care if it's a, a five-year car loan or a 30-year mortgage, okay? The beginning of each of those terms is the heavy load of the interest side. So if you ever mm -hmm. look at your, 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 your paperwork that they send you from the bank every month or every quarter that shows the pay down on that loan, they'll show you, you know, a few dollars going to interest and then the rest of it's going to principal in those first several years, which is why we actually yep, talk reverse, a lot. Reverse, right? I'm so sorry. Yes, most, sorry. Yep. Uh, such a little amount going to the, the principal and most of it going to interest, excuse me. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> thank you, Chris. But the, uh, the thing about it is, is that we don't really ever think about it that way, right? We just see that the car payment is 500 bucks. We see that the mortgage yeah, payment- Yeah, low interest rate, right? It's just a 3% interest rate, no big deal. <laughs> but you, if you look at the, the dollars, the amount of interest in the first, I think it's seven years of a mortgage <clears throat> is roughly 90% of the overall payment from the first year through that seventh year. It goes down a little bit, maybe into the mid eighties, but it's really heavy loaded on that front end because Mike, you used to say this all the time. What do they expect you to do after about seven to 10 years? You had a refi. Baby, refi. Oh, yeah. yeah. You need, your family grew. You needed to buy a new house or you refi, that's right. right? So that's right. We, all we of pick the, up all that calculator changed. and we hit the clear button, you know, and it starts that cycle of, of payments all over again. And so do you think the banks have something figured out on how to make yeah. money? Yeah, <laughs> I think they do. This yeah. all this information was just killing me. True story. Um, when our kids were getting older and older, meaning to like high school age, teenage years, those years, and we were debt free, but we were in a smaller home that didn't really have an extra space for high school kids to socialize. And and Sean was working on me and, and we bought a larger house for a time period. And we knew we weren't this wasn't our forever home, right? We lived in that house for six years. So what percentage of our payment was going to interest. So essentially oh. we were renting that house from the <laughs> bank for that six years. Because very little of it went to principal. Now, yeah. fortunately, we were in that home during a time where housing uh, rates went way up, like the, the value of, of value. homes went up. Mm -hmm. So we actually made quite a bit of money on that house. Right. But, but just in payments, we were essentially, we were renting it from the yeah, bank yeah. Mm -hmm. for yeah. sure. Okay, so so Mike Everett, Nelson talks about changing the wind currents, right? Explain a little bit about what is that changing the wind current. You were talking about the headwind. We're talking about the 34.5%. What does it mean to actually change the wind current in, in someone's financial life? Well, and Crawford, he mentioned this before we got on. We have some software that will actually show people this, but in, in an explanation, so somebody will understand. So We've got our mortgage, we've got our car loans, we've got our credit card debt, we've got our student loan debt. That's headwind. But what happens if all of a sudden we're able to create a system to where we can literally in three to five, seven years, get rid of all of that debt? So I'm just going to, everybody who's listening, we're going to do a little mental exercise here. Add up your house payment, your car payments, and your credit card debts, and your student loan debts. You know what those monthly payments are. And those are required every single month 
for you to live life. But what happens if all of a sudden we get rid of all of that debt? And then now all of a sudden we shift the wind current. And believe me, when we start to talk to people about their outside debt, that is outside debt, but we're shifting that over to what we call inside debt. Now, go back, your mental exercise, <laughs> house, cars, credit cards, student loan. Now add those payments up. And if you were making those payments to yourself, mm -hmm. <clears throat> that's anywhere from $1,500 to $3,000 a month. By the way, that's $18,000 to $36,000 a year. Mm -hmm. If you were plugging those dollars back into your own system, how fast would your inside debt explode? It'd just get nuts. Yeah. But then the crazy thing is, then you get the opportunity to utilize those dollars again, again. income tax-free. So Crawford, can you dig in a little bit? I know we don't have the visuals of the actual software, mm -hmm. but you can do a pretty good job <clears throat> of explaining can yeah. you, when we work on a strategy for someone and we're focused on turning the wind current, can you kind of talk through what that looks like? You do a great job of that. Yeah. So the part that matters most in this conversation is really on the debt sequencing side, right? So we, when we talk about debt sequencing, the software really just organizes things in whatever order we choose, but automatically it's going to choose the least payment or the least balance, excuse me, um, with the highest payment <clears throat> in an effort to change that wind current that Mike was just talking about. Mm -hmm. However, one of the things that our engineer Casey built into the software, um, because he's a visual person himself, right, and he figured it would be a beneficial tool, <clears throat> is we built in some um, back-end amortization tables. So if people are putting in their information correctly, i.e. the payment amount that they're making on their credit card or mortgage payment or whatever it is, the, uh, the length of the term, uh, the balance, and the interest rate, <clears throat> if all of those are sort of in there correctly, the software is going to say how long it's going to take at those payments to pay those debts off. Now, in many cases, most people know like their mortgage. Okay, it was a 30-year mortgage. I'm, th I'm five years in. I've got 25 years left, right? Those are all, <laughs> that's pretty basic math. However, most people don't think about their credit cards or their, um, <clears throat> you know, um, car loans and things of that nature and how long it actually will take to pay them off. Now, yes, you may have a five-year uh, car note, but when you look at the amount of interest that you're paying on that car note through the amortization tables, when we pay that off in the strategy, it is an eye-opening experience for many clients to see mm -hmm. the, the speed at which their payments uh, have been shifted to inside, you know, to, to, the, to change the wind current. But secondly, the amount of interest, you know, the, the family we worked with yesterday on our strategy sessions I think in the in the eight year window of our software, we saved them like over fifty five thousand or fifty thousand dollars of interest in the eight yeah. years. Mm -hmm. You know, <clears throat> the price of admission is well worth it at that point, right? Yeah. So by but they're saving that interest by paying off <clears throat> debt sooner than what more, the amortization mm -hmm. table more, would more say. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and so they're they're doing it more efficiently, and so they're they're actually saving that interest that would normally go to the bank in a normal full-term amortized loan. Yep. Well, and furthermore, they're recapturing those same dollars, right? So those dollars not only would have gone out the door that they never saw again, right? Because they had to pay that loan that loan off, 
the interest would have occurred because that was built into the contract of that of that loan or that you know mortgage or whatever it was. So they've lost the access to the dollar for the course of the time, and they've lost the interest amount. We've helped them recapture a portion of that interest that they would have sent out the door, and all of the dollars that they were going to continue to send are recaptured and able, as Mike said, to be reused. Mm -hmm. So Mike Everett, um, we've talked about this outside debt and you always talk about the scales, right? You I do. Outside debt and we're shifting it to what we call inside debt. How does that happen? <laughs> like, do you just wave your magic wand and all of a sudden it becomes inside debt? Well, let's see here. I'm going to just go right to page 35. On the bottom left-hand side column of page 35, the bottom last uh, paragraph, it says, in September of 93, the issue of Fortune magazine did a story on economic value added, EVA. We talk about EVA a lot. But the, the crazy thing is all the concept amounts to is the recognition of the fact that your own capital has a cost as well as that which has been borrowed from banks. Okay, so I'm going back to outside debt real quick. <clears throat> Are these payments that you have to make every single month without fail? If you do not make them, they come knocking at your door and they come get whatever you've got financed. I don't care if it's the car, the boat, the RV or the house. They're going to come get whatever you've got financed. So if all of a sudden we've got outside debt and we're getting rid of it and we shift it over here, Nelson says that you've got to be responsible for those payments. You were going to pay them over here. And if you are owning your own system, let's see here, the name of the book is Becoming Your Own Banker. If all of a sudden you've created your own system wouldn't you want to go ahead and continue to make those payments and be responsible for them? Nelson says that that is exactly how the system becomes self-sustaining. But so often, and I'm, going to, I'm going to go off on a little tangent here. I'm just telling you that right now. So a follow-up story in 95 says economic value added works, but not if you make these common mistakes. So number one, they don't make it a way of life. So if you get somebody who gets rid of that outside debt and they're supposed to go ahead and be responsible over here, then we want to assist them to continue to make those payments. But yet, don't we get lazy if we pay off a debt? I yeah. mean, oh, so often we pay off this debt and what do we do? We just automatically take those monthly payments and we make them part of our life. So We've got to somehow make it a way of life in order to create their own system. Most managers try to implement EVA too fast. Now we're going to make the managers spouses. <laughs> One of them wants to get after it. I'm guilty of this, by the way. But yet we want to make sure that we're doing it systematically. So if you've got somebody over here who is making a $500 payment on a car and we pay off the car, but the 500 was catching them short. We're going to say, let's not make the $500 payment over here. Let's make it 250 and free up some of that. Yep. Uh, I guess uh, 
emotional baggage that we have because we're paying off all that debt. The boss lacks conviction. The boss is the one that took the lead in the IBC uh, in the first place. So what ends up happening is we have to continue our learning. We talk about continuing our learning all the time because we as IBC practitioners, we also need to learn and grow. So that's why we read. That's why we do think tanks. That's why we do webinars. Uh, Managers fuss too much. (laughs) How many of us who are uh, in a relationship (laughs) have fussed about money before? All of us. I don't care who's on. Yeah, I don't care. Who is listening to this? You have fussed about money with somebody. I guarantee you. Are are you talking about even since this morning? No, no. (laughs) (laughs) That's one of our outtakes. That's a good one. (laughs) Yeah. But then the last one is training gets short shrift. So this is where life success and legacy comes alongside all of our customers to make sure that we can do tons and tons and tons of training but yet people have to want to be coached they've got to be want they got they they have to want to be taught and so part of what we've got to make sure that we're doing is we're help we're helping people develop this mindset it's their mindset but yet through education through reading through different things that we do with the boot camps with the webinars with the continual coaching they they can get all the training and all the education that they want if they're willing to spend some time and energy in doing that but that is the kind of thing that actually boosts your ibc plan and we have a number of people and we talk about this all the time how many people come back to webinars and boot camps 50 60 percent yeah because people are jazzed up they're dialed in they want their system to work we want their system to work but it's not our system it's their system so we always we do we always we encourage do what we folks can. we say hey we are all in for you but you've got to meet us halfway right we can't we're not going to drag you to success you've you've got to put in you got to have some skin in the game right you got to that's you it. Gotta read you got to learn you got to think um you got to be engaged you got to be an honest banker um in your system uh, but but if if people are willing to meet us halfway man, we are all in we mm-hmm. we have got so much energy for folks with that yeah and i think what we've learned is that you know over the course of doing this for as long as we have as a team we, we have a really good sense of who is or isn't going to be there. You know what I mean? Um, um, and that doesn't mean that people can't turn around. I mean, we have folks that come in hot and then fade away. And then three years later, circle back around. Um, yeah. You know, um, I don't think that there's any right or wrong way to do any of this stuff. But I think what's important about, you know, this specific topic here is, when you can wrap your mind around that wind current, I think that is the one of oh, the man. most pivotal, pivotal, pivotal <laughs> aspects of infinite <laughs> banking is, is the wind current. Now, obviously, some folks are coming to us without debt, and maybe that's not the thing that they need to think through. But so many of our clients are coming to us with debt and needing to find that relief. And again, Mike's example of, you know, we have a family that has a $500 car payment, but it was making them 
stressed every month, if we can pay that car off and only have them send 250 back to their system, are they still recapturing money? Are they a little less stressed at the end of the, each month with the amount of money that they have, you know, to yeah. live life? And then that continues to grow confidence and, and, and energy. And it's that little light at the end of the tunnel that they've never seen before. Oh, you know, man. Little hope that was not there six, eight, 12 months before, you know? <clears throat> I remember back back when in doing boot camps, we would sometimes um, ask, because we would have 50, 60% of the audience would be returning folks, mm -hmm. we would ask the audience, okay, when you turned your wind current, when you changed your outside debt to inside debt, what was your activator or input that you mm -hmm. used for that, right? Because we still haven't really answered, okay, you've got this outside debt, on this side of the scale, how do you get it over to mm. inside debt where you're turning those payments? And and we are very clear that we don't we don't advise on tax qualified plans, those kinds of things. We just educate and show people with our software what's possible. They make the decisions on those things. Um, so when people are throwing out examples of what they used, I mean, for me, we used a home equity line of credit. We had some equity in our home. We used that home equity line of credit we ran it through our IBC mm -hmm. policy, part of it, and we attacked outside debt to turn wind current. What are some other examples and how did you guys do it? <laughs> I started with, um, we. I left a, a job and had access to my um, 401k and um, we liquidated those to, to get our policy going. Mm -hmm. I borrowed <laughs> money from the bank. <laughs> not, not what we typically recommend. No, no. In fact, but did uh, it work? It did work. And, you know, here 19 years later, uh, this thing's just kicking tail and not taking names. So <laughs> I remember when Chris first became a client and I would say, there's no right or wrong way to do this. Now, I'm going to tell you personally, anybody who's listening, please pay attention right now. <laughs> I did everything wrong. <laughs> story in the early stages of my IBC plan because when we first got involved there might have been 40 to 60 people in the whole country that were learning this from Nelson mm -hmm. and uh, man all I wanted to do was get a bucket of money and say let's get this thing going so <laughs> from from the mistakes that we've all made from mm -hmm. me Crawford Bay all the mistakes that we've made has really helped us to be able to be laser focused with clients on how they can utilize their system in the most efficient way. Yeah. Yep. So, so we shared a couple of ways that we did. What are some other examples of, of inputs or buckets of money? We, we, we talk about going on a scavenger hunt where either money is going, um, it is not efficient, it's at risk, it's out of their control. We look at those kinds of things. Sometimes people have had cash value in a really old whole life insurance policy. Sometimes savings, savings, account. savings, right? Yeah. Um, and, and we show people lots of examples. Sometimes they're overpaying on their, on their debt, their credit oh, card. Oh, man. So there's all kinds of places that we can get access to dollars. Yeah. And, and in the vast majority of the strategies we design, we don't ask people for additional money mm -mm. 
for for you know anything out of their cash flow we're simply redirecting it and making it more efficient crawford this example we worked on yesterday we didn't we didn't ask people those folks for any additional cash flow and, and yet they still were able to turn their outside debt. They paid off, I think, all of their debt except the mortgage in first month. Yeah. And then they paid off their mortgage in sometime during the third year. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> now, here's what's interesting is, okay, so it took them <coughs> three years plus or minus to pay off all of their debt. What that means is we shifted outside debt to inside debt. Inside. Yep. So now those payments that were going to somebody else and a large percentage of it was going to interest on that debt yeah. is now flowing to themselves. They're being honest bankers. They're making those payments to themselves and getting to reuse that money. Do you recall how long it took them to pay off that inside debt, which essentially just for people who are listening, that is now in the form of a loan against your policy. It was like That's right. So as, as we shift that outside debt to inside debt, what's happening is your outside debt is reducing your inside debt in the form of a policy loan or a loan against your policy is increasing. So they built up, they shifted all that debt. And so they built up their loan balance in that first three years or so. Yep. And then once all that debt was paid off, now we start whittling that down. You said it took how long? I think 12 to 18 months. 12 to 18 months for that inside debt now to be gone. So no, they no longer have outside debt and they also don't have inside debt. Yep. Right. Yeah. So, so let's just say five years, you know, um, down the road, they are, you know, completely in control of their financial picture. Yeah. They, they have no, they don't owe money to anybody. They didn't house, was, house was paid off in month 34 and their entire policy loan was paid off by month 47. Yeah. Incredible. How with, many of these you want? No, <laughs> with no additional money coming from their cash. Just flow. using their personal cash flow that they were already spending every single month. Like, like, I, I try to go back to my old self when I was learning about this. And right when we say that and show that like your brain, the gears are, are you, yeah, it, yeah. It, it is causing some problems in the brain. I know I, I was explaining to a gentleman in my leadership Lawrence class, like a really high level or uh, not high level, uh, 30,000 foot view, excuse me, of infinite banking. And I did the thing Mike just did a minute ago. Take, take your mortgage, your, your student loans, your car payments, Quickly add them up, round them down, round them up. I don't care. Think of the payments that you're sending out the door. If you could recapture, and I always say it this way, if you could recapture half of that amount, oh, yeah. how much money would you have in the bank at the end of each year that you could do things with? And it, I mean, you could definitely see he's a thinker and he, his brain just kind of went, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's, that's where the drawings come in handy, you know, yes. give people yeah, that extra, that, that sure. visual, that extra piece. Absolutely. So, so great stuff, guys. Anything else you want to talk about or add in on the shifting? Um, uh, basically, the question is, okay, if you're debt free, where's that debt going? And that's really right. what we're saying is it's going from outside debt where you're paying interest and principal to some other source. We're getting that shifted through some sort of an input activator that's our scavenger hunt that we help you do. 
we shift that to inside debt, which is in the form of a loan against your policy mm -hmm. that you now are making those payments to yourself. You get to reuse that money, even for your premium deposit, right? Yep. And mm. so that's really what happens. Yep. Um, just, just to wrap up, we've been talking about the four things that IBC does. Of those four things, we've really been focusing on just one in this yep. podcast. Yep. IBC first eliminates outside debt. And oftentimes that's where we're focused when people have debt. And that's what they're telling us is, I really want to get rid of this debt. But that's just one of four things. The second thing is really building a pool of capital. That's cash value inside your policy that you mm -hmm. can use for anything you want. And that leads us into the third thing, and that is passive income. Some people use their policies for new purchases, a new vehicle. Sometimes they use it for tuition, vacations, living expenses. Or investments. Investments, yeah. And that's where we lead to the passive income where <clears throat> you have enough cash flow coming to you from your investments where work becomes optional. And then the fourth is the tax-free wealth transfer, which is essentially the, the death payout, the death benefit that pays out from the life insurance policy because it's a whole life policy. It's going to go all the way to the point where we pass away and that death benefit will pay out to our beneficiaries. Mm -hmm. yep. So, all right, guys. That's great. Great discussion. Thanks so much for joining us. To our listeners, thank you again for, for uh, tuning back into the Life Success Legacy podcast. Check us out at lifesuccesslegacy.com. We have lots of learning tools there, um, depending on your learning style. If you're a listener podcast, obviously, we've got several books that are good um, resources for you. Um, sign up for a webinar that Mike Everett typically does um, on regular basis on Monday evenings. He does that January live. 8th. January Next 8th one's is January the first 8th. One. Okay. And then we encourage you to do a webinar with Mike first and then the three hour boot camp, which is the deep dive. If you're an individual learner, you kind of like to go at your own pace. We also have a learning kit that um, you can utilize. Mm -hmm. and, and that includes a recording of the webinar that Mike does, um, as well as a, uh, I think it includes a book of your choice, right? Yep, that's right. Yep. So um, that's another option for people. So thanks again for joining us and we'll catch you next time on our podcast, Life Success Legacy. Bye.